RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Big shout out to everybody keeping the chats comfy and warm. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out, waiting for the show to start. Thank you if you've hit the like button. Thank you if you have shared the show. Also, big shout out to Redeemed Patriot, dropping me some gold pill love over on the foxhole. She says, at Debbie Roush, thank you for being a very dedicated patriot. Debbie Roush, number one mod, always on the job, even when she's not here. (laughs) Her presence is felt. I appreciate you, Debbie, so much. All right, so as you can see, the cat's out of the bag. Representative Clay Higgins, I've played clips from him numerous times on this show. I gotta say, I absolutely love and respect Representative Higgins. I also really like Tim Burchett. Good guys, both of them. But Clay just recently did an interview where he exposed his knowledge of FBI agents committing acts of violence, both leading up to January 6th and on the day of. This is the answer to the question Christopher Ray and others in the federal government refused to answer. I told you guys last time, Clay already knows. He's already got the goods. Sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, because we're going to be right back after this. If there is one thing that we can probably agree on, it's that electricity bills are rising at historic rates and there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. You talk to enough people and you're going to soon realize that pretty much everyone is shocked at the size of their power bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as much as 60% in as little as two years. And that's why tens of thousands of people just like you are using this magical little device to help slash their energy bills. It's a small but sophisticated gadget that stabilizes the electrical currents in your home, reduces dirty electricity, and helps to protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help dramatically lower energy consumption and ultimately help to reduce your power bills month after month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But wait, there's more. If you place your order right now, you're also going to get 66% off, fast shipping within the United States of America, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee so you can know that it works. Simply go to the link in the description of this video. Don't waste power and take advantage of this limited time offer before they sell out. Once again, that's don'twastepower.com. Click the link in the description box below. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you coming here every 
Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern to hang out with me. Uh, if you normally catch me at 4 p.m. on Badlands Media with, quite frankly, and 412 and on, on our weekly breakdown called Taking It Back, then you probably are disappointed to have learned that there was no show today. Uh, and that was due to the fact that Adel had too much going on. He was unable to get the show together. Uh, both Frank and I said, you know, hey, we can just wing it if you like, but he had too much work. He's got a very demanding day job. And so uh, he goes straight from that job right into the show, but there's a little buffer in between. Anyway, suffice to say he couldn't make it today, and that's fine. I absolutely understand that. Hopefully you guys do too. And hopefully we go over everything here today that uh, Adol had planned to go over earlier. I'd like to begin today uh, by discussing a story that broke last night while Brad and I were on Altered State, and that is the death of Henry Kissinger, uh, one of the architects of globalism, biggest proponents of globalism that you might find, uh, one of the architects of the mass migration of third world peoples coming into America and Western nations all over the world, something that he came to regret dearly. Uh, I remember playing you guys that clip of Henry Kissinger saying as much on uh, a recent interview here on this program. And it was something I never thought that I would hear him say. But it just goes to show you uh, that, you know, perhaps not everyone is fully aware of the the full context of the damage they're doing. Uh, I, 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 I waffle back and forth on this. There are some people I think undoubtedly are 100 percent evil. There are some people who are ideologically driven and they believe that they're – unsound political and ideological ideas are going to push the world in a direction that will ultimately make it better. But they're just very misguided. And then you've got people who are just incredibly stupid and they have no idea what's going on and they have no business being in government. I had always assumed that Henry Kissinger was kind of like uh, Darth Palpatine, right? You know, he was just an evil man doing evil things. Uh, but it seems like, you know, by the end of his life, he started to realize that he had made some bad decisions. I am not going soft on Henry Kissinger, and I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware next week on Altered State, Brad and I are going to do a full show going through a list and basically a history of Henry Kissinger's career and the, and the damage that he's done to the world, to the West, and we're going to go over all of it. So we're going to pull no punches. Be there next week, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully it's something you enjoy. And if you personally, uh, you know, I mean, Henry Kissinger was secretary of state for both uh, Ford and Nixon. So he, he was in government for a long time. He was in government before then. Uh, if you personally have any memories of Henry Kissinger or, you know, uh, clips of, of things that you want us to show, please send me an email. Redpill78 at proton.me. Uh, so we have a lot to go over today. So I'm just going to jump right into the news. First of all, uh, recently, just earlier today, Capitol Police were investigating a car crash after a white Acura plowed headlong into the U.S. Capitol barricade earlier this morning. Uh, it was a car with Florida plates. Why does it have to be a Florida man who <laughs> I don't even know if it was a man, but uh, drove into the barricade at the Rayburn and Longworth House office buildings? We have no injuries that have been reported. The driver has yet to be identified. It seems like it's just an accident, uh, not related to any terrorist activity. But let's be honest, it could be anything at this point. It could be 
an MKUltra victim, could be somebody who was ideologically driven on uh, either side of the aisle. You never know. But I tend to believe that if it was done on purpose, it's probably some mad left wing lunatic. Don't want to say that with 100 percent certainty, though, because we don't know yet. But I always think it's interesting when you see something like this happen to watch the response of the authorities, the police in the intervening hours, the hours afterwards, because if there is a way they can pin it on, you know, right wing extremism, then they're pretty much going to do that right away. Considering the fact that they have yet to release the information of who this was that was driving the car. Uh, I I tend to believe there is no way that they're going to be able to pin this one on a Trump supporter. So thank you, Jesus, for that one. Glad to see it. Also, you get what you pay for. And Washington, D.C. is one of the ultimate examples of left-wing mismanagement, the complete destruction of every institution within society that is meant to keep people safe, that is meant to keep the government serving those people, uh, and that is meant to provide services that are vital to the function of a nation or, in this case, a district. And in Washington, D.C., crime is out of control. That is partially because of D.C. Democrat Mayor Muriel Bowser and her deplatforming and uh, defunding of police all over the city. Uh, also, the raising up of the radical left wing element of Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> And there have been a number of instances of criminal acts taking place generally by younger people. We're talking about carjackings. Uh, we're talking about, you know, shootings and murders. Well, hilariously, an FBI agent had his car stolen in a carjacking at gunpoint in broad daylight. Why would they do this? Because they know there's no accountability. No one is going to come after them. No one is going to say anything. And remember, the FBI is supposed to be the most brilliant law enforcement and investigative agency in not only the world, certainly America, but uh, also the world. So that's not true. We know that's not true. But this FBI agent fell victim earlier uh, on Capitol Hill, east end of Capitol Hill, just early yesterday afternoon. The FBI has confirmed the incident. It occurred in broad daylight. It takes a lot of balls to rob an FBI agent of their vehicle, especially if it's their like official government issued FBI vehicle. Uh, But a law enforcement investigation is ongoing. They're collaborating with the Metropolitan Police Department's carjacking task force. Here is the official statement that was given to NBC Washington. The FBI confirmed the carjacking, saying at this time, we can confirm that an FBI employee was carjacked on the afternoon of November 29th. The vehicle was recovered and the FBI Washington field office and the Metro PD's carjacking task force are investigating. Unless this person wasn't wearing gloves, uh, unless they had dropped their their ID in the uh, in the, the the middle portion of the vehicle. I tend to believe that they are not going to be able to find them. Um, This apparently was perpetrated by two suspects. Uh, The carjacking was forceful. Sounds like the FBI agent did not want to give up his vehicle. Uh, It took place around 4.10 p.m. yesterday afternoon. Uh, The stolen vehicle, uh, the search for the stolen vehicle was concluded pretty rapidly because after a very short distance, it, it appears that the carjackers ditched the vehicle, probably once they realized that they just robbed an FBI agent. Uh, And once again, 
This is unfortunate anywhere, uh, but in a place like Washington, D.C., where criminals have largely been allowed to operate with impunity to do whatever the hell they want. You know, you get what you pay for. If this is the kind of law enforcement that you're looking to have here in the United States or in Washington, D.C., then the people who are proponents of that weak law enforcement, they should be the victims of whatever crimes they have invited into their communities. In a place like where I live, where the police are suggesting uh, that uh, that that uh, citizens take the law into their own hands in a in a responsible way, uh, we don't have to worry about things like that. Everybody down here in Florida, we can conceal carry and it's going to make the life for people like us down here very, very polite. It's like Texas. You know, everybody's got a gun. And so the last thing you want to do is go mouthing off to somebody who is not going to be afraid to use it. I'm hoping the same thing is uh, is replicated down here in Florida. Now, I don't know if Fredo is in the chat, um, <clears throat> but Fredo, this one's for you. Because the original Fredo Cuomo has just announced on Patrick Bet David's podcast that he is open to voting for President Trump in 2024. Hell has officially frozen over. Every single day I keep seeing more people who had previously just said the most terrible things about President Trump, decrying every aspect of his administration, saying that that we had to get rid of him. Well, here we are, Chris Cuomo Taking a look at the uh, the situation at hand, recognizing that when it comes to the choice between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, it's a clear choice. So let's go ahead and take a listen to his thoughts. Not that Chris Cuomo is going to convince any of us of anything, uh, but I think that this is an important cultural touchstone. Uh, and this is why I keep repeating this over and over again anytime uh, one of these people like Chris Cuomo says, I- I'm going to vote for Trump, um, because it shows us where the minds of the people who previously hated Trump are. They know Joe Biden is not the guy. Let's take a listen. Oh, we're going to have to go to X. If it's Biden, Trump, look, for me, again, um, we survived a Trump administration. Uh, would we survive another one? Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. It, well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is. Glorious Patriot. This is exactly my point. She says, Fredo and BLM? I got to be dreaming. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that it would get to this point. But it has. Well, I I guess, you know, I I never expected Fredo Cuomo. uh, Certainly never expected, you know, any aspect of BLM to come out and say, you know what, President Trump is the only choice. But I did expect that we were going to get a lot of people who hated Trump and who didn't support him in 2020 to come forward and say, we have no choice. We must vote for President Trump. So I am reveling in this moment. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're Mm -mm. not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially. I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. Um, Existentially, I'm not afraid of another Biden presidency because unlike many people in America, I believe that the country is much stronger than any individual leader. So 
I have felt that way for a long time, that America would prevail. And even if Joe Biden is in office, I don't think that it's going to destroy America long term. He can do a lot of damage in the interim. That's obvious. And we've already seen that firsthand. Um, But uh, but I do believe that Donald Trump is the only choice that we have when it comes to 2024. And, uh, you know, there's something that I've been waiting on, and that is the mainstream media as a whole to turn around and say, we must get behind Trump. We have to support Trump. Or pretty soon they're going to be comparing the results that Joe Biden has to the life they had under Donald Trump, and it's going to give us the same effect. Now, somebody who has not changed at all, and if Keith Olbermann comes out as a Trump supporter, I will eat my shoe. I do not expect him to become a Trump supporter. Uh, He is one of the most critically deranged haters of President Trump on the face of the earth. This guy has terminally fatal TDS. He simply cannot get over himself. He cannot get over his loathing of President Trump. And he's one of the most intellectually dishonest people in America. So Keith Olbermann rage quit Twitter last week. He said, I'm never coming back. That's it. I'm done with Twitter. I've seen so many left wing idiots do this uh, over and over again. And then what happens? He's back 24 hours later. He comes back. Progressives just keep doing this. You know, they may not like Elon Musk uh, and they may not like his politics, but you need to get over it because this is America. All right. And you can't just leave a platform that, you know, is good for your brand, because that's what these people do. They get on Twitter. They rage bait. They they get people to like and share and they get exposure. I mean, if it wasn't for Twitter and and uh, Keith Olbermann posting about how much he hates Trump and then getting the instant reaction of all of those other people who hate Trump, the man would have absolutely no career. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody wants to hire him. So he's back and you can expect to see the same types of things. So listen to this. This is what made Keith Olbermann want to leave Twitter. After Musk's endorsement of the QAnon Pizzagate conspiracy, I won't be posting here anymore. There are a couple of pre-scheduled posts coming out for the podcast. The last runs at 10 p.m. I'm on other socials under my name or some variation of Countdown with KO Keith Olbermann. And then less than 24 hours later, he's back retweeting Lauren Boebert with some snappy comment. Get a grip on yourself, Lauren Boebert, or on some random stranger in a theater. Keith, you – oh, my gosh. You got her. You got her, Keith Olbermann. Uh, And then he continues, also, I'm sorry you can't read, but I never said I was leaving Twitter. Hold on just a second. I won't be posting here anymore. Oh, okay. So – What does that mean in your – obviously, that doesn't mean what you said, Keith Olbermann. I mean, if I was to say that, I would expect that I wouldn't go back on the platform. I wouldn't be using it any longer. But he says, I wrote I was no longer posting new material here except for dogs in need. And that's not even what he's doing. I never said anything about replies, especially not to half-witted congressmen who can't handle themselves in public. Obviously, Keith Olbermann understands that he needs Twitter. Twitter is his lifeline. And for so many other people, it's the exact same thing. All right. So yesterday, I also talked about this with Brad, but I had to bring it to this program directly. I just got to say, there has been 
a lot of contentious debate about Elon Musk, about who he is, about what he believes and about what his intentions are. I've always been very open about my kind of pragmatic view on people like this. Uh, you know, as uh, somebody who is imperfect, you know, as a sinner at the end of the day, I know that people make mistakes and I know that people can have bad takes. I also know that people's views on the world, both politically, spiritually, you know, fundamentally, they can evolve over time. And I think that we've seen that with Elon Musk. I think we've seen that with Tucker Carlson. And I think we continue to see that with people who are coming to the light understanding that President Trump is the only candidate. I go back to what I've said on numerous occasions. Elon Musk sunk $44 billion into the deep state's number one narrative crafting propaganda platform. He took that platform and he subverted it. He allowed people like me and many of you to get back onto that platform. Because Twitter is the front line. Let's be honest. We've known this for a very long time. And, you know, when I got kicked off of Twitter, I was bitter. Okay, not going to lie. But then not using it for a couple of years, I felt like this immense weight had been lifted from my shoulders. And I appreciate being back on it now, but I respect it with a different sort of opinion. I'm glad it's there. I am grateful to Elon Musk for the amount of money that he put into this platform and for the op that he's done on the deep state. I think that that is invaluable. And as a result of that, the entirety of the mainstream media, advertisers, these these corporate overlords that are connected to BlackRock and Vanguard pushing ESG and woke identity disorder stuff – They have tried to use their collective bargaining power to destroy Elon Musk, and their their attitude is if we can't have Twitter, if we can't use Twitter to propagandize, uh, to to brainwash the general public, then we're going to destroy the man who sunk $44 billion into it, and we're going to take it away from him. Well – Elon Musk told those advertisers yesterday in no uncertain terms that he didn't care. And I have to say what Elon Musk said on stage yesterday does not strike me as the words of a man who is kowtowing to the very things that we are fighting. Uh, real briefly, let me say thank you to Fredo. He says, really looking forward to Rob Reiner and Rosie O'Donnell jumping on the Trump train. That will be glorious. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right. So I played this last night, but I, I want to play it for you guys right now. Apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I, I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about... 
So so here's the thing, the context that I didn't know when this clip initially uh, surfaced yesterday is that Bob Iger actually spoke on this same stage uh, just before Elon Musk and, and Bob Iger sitting in the audience. Disney, Marvel, their whole, you know, MCU stuff, they pulled their advertising dollars out of Twitter X. And of course, uh, Elon Musk, when he says, you know, hey, Bob, he's talking to Bob Iger. You know, here's the thing. There is a a cultural war going on in America right now, and identity politics is crashing and burning. All of these companies that have been using their power and their advertising dollars and the exposure they have to try to convert your kids into this woke ideological spectrum of gender and personality disorders, uh, they are failing. Parents are responding. Elon Musk took their biggest tool away from them, and nobody is seeing their movies. Nobody is watching their TV shows. Nobody is buying their merchandise. These companies are going under. I think it's a lot more than just they don't want to advertise on Twitter. I think also that in some instances, they don't have any choice. All right. They are finding themselves. Hold on. I got to pull this up. They are finding themselves in a crunch. Financially. And so as a result of that, uh, they are going to be forced to pull back some of their money in certain places. Uh, So I just want to say Elon Musk uh, seems to me to be one of the most based individuals that you could possibly hope for. Neuralink, obviously, I don't like Neuralink, okay? I'm not real big on that. Uh, I'm not real big on the idea of our AI overlords, okay? But neither is Elon Musk. I think that anything future, anything that, you know, Elon Musk might do in the future, it remains to be seen. We've got to evaluate it as it comes down the pipe. But right now, I'm loving what this guy is doing. And I think I think uh, he deserves uh, big props, big props for what he's done. Now, that wasn't the only interview that he did recently. There was another interview where he was asked about uh, him, the same subject, you know, him tweeting things out that people found to be offensive. And uh, and he he gave a, a quote from the Princess Bride. You know, first he thought he he thought for a very long time, and then when he came back, he said, "You know, I'm reminded of a scene from the Princess Bride when Indigo Montoya goes to find the man who killed his father, and they're in a sword fight. Indigo gets stabbed in the stomach. He gets stabbed in both shoulders. He he gets stabbed in a couple other places. Finally, he brings this guy into a submissive pose, and he says, "Offer me money." Offer me power. And the guy says, yes, anything you want. And he was like, I want my father back, you son of a bitch, and stabs him right through the heart. The point is that he doesn't care. Elon Musk doesn't care. He's not playing the game. Just like we're not playing the game. I'm not willing to sacrifice my ideals. I'm not willing to sacrifice my integrity just because they're going to attack me for saying what I say. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, and I think that this is the only thing we can do to remain true to ourselves in the coming years. It is going to require a massive, massive amount of honor, integrity, of of standing on our principles, because this is what it's going to take to bring America back from the brink. And my friends, we are at the brink, the precipice, if you will. But it's not working. 
I meant to talk about this yesterday, just never got a chance to do it. But this really unfortunate incident happened the other day where a nine-year-old boy was at a Chiefs game and he was photographed wearing uh, an Indian headdress and he had his face painted, you know, as football Fans do. Right. I, I don't watch football, I'm, uh, but I, I'm you know, smart enough to know when you see somebody with a painted face at a football game, they're painting their face with the colors of that team. So his face was half black, half red. This freaking moron leftoid sports reporter named Karen. It's a man named Karen. He took a picture of this little boy, only the half where you can see the black side of his face. And he started attacking him on Twitter. He wrote a big blog post about it, and he said, I can't believe this you know, young white boy uh, was successfully able to offend both black Americans and Native Americans, completely leaving out the context that the other half of his face was red. It didn't matter. That's not what he wanted to do. He wasn't looking to report on the truth. He was looking for a gotcha. He was looking for a moment where he could attack a nine-year-old boy, drag him into this fight, and maybe, maybe scare people from feeling free to go do what they want. Now, if this kid had shown up to a Chiefs game dressed like Al Jolson with black face and white lips, okay, definitely in poor taste. But that's not what he did. It's not what he did at all. And so the real irony here is that after all of this kind of made its way through the news cycle yesterday, turns out this kid is actually Native American. He's got Native American blood. He's got more Native American blood than, what's her name, Uh, Elizabeth Warren, okay, who doesn't have any at the end of the day. But this kid's a real Indian. And so, number one, he couldn't have uh, been accused of cultural appropriation because he was wearing the headdress. And he can't be accused of wearing blackface because he didn't wear blackface. Anyways, this kid is not taking this shit lightly. His parents are speaking out. He is speaking out. And here is Karen right here. A race baiting hater who is just looking for an opportunity to get a viral moment. So this young boy's name is Holden Armentia. And he spoke out with his dad about this controversy, being accused of wearing blackface. And, of course, Karen Phillips, this man right here, uh, he didn't care about his insensitive posts about this kid. He didn't care about the defamatory blog post. But during this game, he took the opportunity to throw just an immense amount of hatred. Think about somebody who's a public person like this, okay? He's a sports reporter. Number one, he should have understood the face painting thing. Uh, Number two, he didn't know anything about the situation. He just saw this kid with some black paint on his face and he just launched off. He said it takes a lot of disrespect, takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at once. But on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and the Native Americans at the same time. The NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs in blackface and native headdress. Well, here is the full post for reference. You can see the original Deadspin post right there posted on their website. wasn't like this guy just posted it on his personal Twitter. Posted to their website. Here's the photo they didn't show you. 
Of course, they got community noted at X, which is not something that would have happened before. Uh, And, uh, of course, Karen Phillips, he doubled down when people tried taking him to task and showing him what was going on. He said, for the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I could make the argument that it makes it even worse. Okay, but black and red are the colors of the Chiefs. I don't even watch sports ball, and I know that. So anyways, this kid is now out there speaking. Here he is with his family, his beautiful family, his sister, his mom and dad. And of course, Deadspin, as far as I know, is not writing any uh, sort of retraction on this. He deleted his blog post and he deleted a couple of posts. But his um, father, speaking with Jesse Waters, says, I was mad. I was upset for him, his son. I'm mad that he's upset. I mean, he's pretty devastated. He's a nine-year-old kid. I mean, he's seen the videos and everything posted. He's excited. He's all over. It was his dream to get on the Jumbotron. And I've had family and friends call and say, oh, we saw you on Sunday Night Football. So he's excited. But then everything else came up and it's been a bit of a spiral. So they don't really care that Deadspin is actually offering an apology. Uh, The best thing to do in an instance like this is to check your facts ahead of time before you go accusing a nine-year-old boy of being a a, a racist and a a race baiter because that's you, Deadspin. You don't deserve to be writing journalism, journalism we'll call it. Mike Iron says, I'm definitely going to the Atlanta Falcons game dressed as Al Jolson. See, that's different because it's black and white for the Falcons, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, Mike. (laughs) Oh, God, hold on. Mm. (laughs) Just as long as you don't do uh, the white eyes and lips, that would probably be the worst thing you could do. All right. Uh, real quick, let me let me just say thank you to Anon Doc 77 who says, happy Thursday. Zach, happy Thursday to you too, Doc. Ranger Billy says, howdy. Good to see you, buddy. Just Duckies, always good to see a friend. J- drops a cookie. PQuest, dropping a cookie. Uncensored Abe, my boy. I was just thinking about you this morning, man. Uh, he says, sup, bro. Hope all is well. I hope all's out well with you as as, as well. Uh, Nakaz drops some shades. Aloha, what are you doing? Uh, LKW Cross, thank you for the can. Filter Dog says, GFY. I'm pretty sure that was for Karen Phillips. Uh, Sean Joe uh, just uh, gifted a one month tier subscription and another one. And looks like Rick Rolled picked up that prescription. And Faye Zach dropped up, uh, grabbed up that prescription, that subscription as well, not prescription. All right. Um, so. We need to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back in just a moment, and we're going to talk about the latest James O'Keefe O'Keefe Media Group undercover investigation. It's good stuff. We'll see you in a second. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufactured 
manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS 60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Uh, Ice Wendigo actually dropped a great portion of uh, Elon Musk's quote. I have the full clip on my phone, but I didn't have time to pull it up on my computer before we started. This is really important. Okay, we talked about this last night, me and Brad. What I care about is the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see is all over the place, people who care about looking good and doing evil. F them. You know, that is just absolutely words of someone who gets it. You know, and people back when President Trump was first announcing that he was going to run for president, uh, there were so many people who were like, you know, he's a plant, right? People still say that, you know, oh, he's a billionaire. The only way he could become a billionaire is if he or he was or, or maybe he's a million. I don't know even know what his net worth is at this point, but uh, he was a billionaire at least at one time. You know, he's a rich man. How could he get rich if he wasn't playing the game? Well, I, I think that we've come to learn, and if you haven't, then you know, you're know you still misguided, but people who didn't know now know that President Trump did this for the right reasons. I mean, it was a profound sacrifice. I, I see Elon Musk doing the same thing. You know, and, and to what end? What does he have to gain from it? He can't run for office. He can't, well, I mean, he maybe could be like a congressman or something, but he can't be a, a president. He can't do that. I mean, all he can do is run his companies. Of course, he wants people to buy Teslas. I mean, that's his core business. Of course, he wants people to use Twitter. But does it make sense that he's going to deep six every connection that he has uh, just for the illusion of doing good, just for the illusion of truth? I just I don't think so. Of course, anything is possible. I'm just trying to say I, I, I really like what Elon's doing. All right. So. Uh, this is in relation to the California biolab situation, uh, the biolab that I brought you an update on just the other day uh, where the Chinese nationals who were directly connected to the CCP uh, had been prosecuted and uh, and they were going to be jailed. And I told you then that it didn't look like any of those charges were related to anything having to do with biological weapons Weapons of mass destruction, uh, weapons of war, uh, any sort of uh, any sort of mishandling of biologics. None of it. It was some ridiculous stuff like selling fake tests. That was what they went after them for. Turns out the guy behind the whole thing that 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 uh, the guy who's on the run from Canada because he had a three hundred million dollar judgment because he was stealing intellectual property in Canada. Turns out he's sitting in a county jail. The FBI and the CDC, they wanted nothing to do with this case. In this latest episode from O'Keefe Media Group, we get a lot of background information about what really went on. And 
Largely, that's because they got one of their undercover reporters to match on Tinder with a congressional aide. Uh, the congressman who actually oversees the area where this biological lab was. Uh, and it uh, it would appear that they are all too aware of the full scope of the dangers of that biological lab, likely that there are more of them throughout the country, and that the Chinese Communist Party infiltrators who were running the lab admitted they admitted during questioning that what they were doing was for the glorification of the Chinese military and the CCP and to basically take out America. Uh, there, he had some specific words about taking down the wolf or something like that. But this illegal biological lab has basically been relegated to the dustbin of history. The FBI doesn't want anything to do with it. Their investigation was pretty much nothing. And the people who discovered the lab only got them to come out uh, after much prodding, after much assistance, and it was going to the congressman's office himself. That was the only way that we could get the federal government involved on it. It was a city code enforcement officer who stumbled across this hose that was coming out of a building. She saw that. She walked into this biological laboratory and thank God she had a body camera on her. And so she goes in and she sees there's like there's like rats and mice and there and there's people walking around in hazmat suits and there's refrigerators with Ebola in them. My God, can you imagine if someone who was a registered Republican or who had ever posted anything complimentary about Trump, if the FBI showed up at your house and you just had a vial in your freezer labeled Ebola, they would call you a terrorist and they would go after you. Well, this is obviously the CCP and our resident in chief is linked up heavily with the CCP. China has a heavy presence in California. Gavin Newsom just went to China and visited with Xi Jinping. So, of course, the Democrats who are currently running the administration of both the state and the federal government, they're not going to do anything to China. Uh, and even the, the congressman who is, was you know, the one who got this all taken care of, they had a, a hearing that was not publicly broadcast, although video of it is included in James O'Keefe's report. And they basically came to like the conclusion that you know they weren't going to do anything else about it because China's a strategic partner and it's too big of a market. Wow, the world we live in. So Judicial Watch has done good work on this. James O'Keefe and O'Keefe Media Group has done good work on it. Daniel Sepulveda, uh, who is the staffer who was uh, catfished on Tinder, uh, is the uh, aide to U.S. Congressman Jim Costa. Uh, and he admitted in his uh, uh, surreptitious video that what was going on there at that biological laboratory that was being run in a really haphazard way posed a grave health risk to the public and more importantly to national security. But of course, the FBI is not interested in national security. They're interested in national control. They don't want to take down criminals. They don't want to take down bad actors or malign foreign actors. They want to take down you. 
They want to stop you from spreading good information. They want to stop you from moving freely. They want to stop you from owning weapons. They want to stop you from protecting your family, and they want to weaken the family itself. Now, yesterday I told you about CTIL, this latest reveal that's coming from Michael Schellenberger. Well, lo and behold, it was released to coincide with his testimony, which was delivered earlier today. In that testimony, he talked in greater length about the subjects that we spoke about yesterday, this 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 confluence of U.S. and U.K. military and intelligence Working in this non-governmental organization with one goal and one goal only to sow mis and disinformation, to inject these fake bot accounts into the conversation to derail you and send you on some rabbit hole that doesn't make any sense and will never result in any sort of good information. And more importantly, to stop you from talking about very important subjects. Oh, yeah. And if you're a Trump supporter, you were the key target for these people. So this testimony by Michael Schellenberger was great. And obviously, we can't go over all of it here. Um, but his his discussion with the weaponization committee discussing how the government has been weaponized against us uh, gave a lot of really good information. Uh, so I'm uh, going to suggest that you guys get out there and actually watch the full testimony. Now, I'm going to drop the link to his testimony into the chats, and after the show is over, please go ahead and check it out. Uh, Eleanor2020 says, Zach, between Elon and Karen, all in one week, the nation is being red-pilled. You agree? A hundred percent. Bongino, by the way, came on his show with his face painted in solidarity with the young boy. I actually saw a picture of that right before I came on the air. So, yes. I absolutely agree. I think that we are in one giant red pilling moment right now. It's happening in so many different ways from so many different fronts, and I think it's really, really good. By the time we get to 2024, guys, it, this is going to be such a, a different nation. Uh, the landscape is going to be forever altered in a good way. Now, one key moment from that testimony was when Dan Goldman – he was the attorney who oversaw one of the bogus Trump impeachments, tried to inject his own bit of conspiracy theory into the testimony that Michael Schellenberger was giving. Well, Schellenberger took him to task. He basically told him what was up. Let's go ahead and take a listen right here. Oh, we're going to have to go to X. Here we go. Um, you've talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI knew it existed. You are aware, of course, that the uh, laptop, so to speak, was actually that was published in the New York Post was actually a hard drive that the New York Post admitted here was not authenticated as real. It was not the laptop the FBI had. You're aware of that, right? It was the same contents. How do you know? Because it, because it's the same. I mean, it's, you would have it's to authenticate it to know it was the same, same contents. contents. You have no idea. You know you hard drives can be that it's a manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participated in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. Well, what's the evidence that that, that happened? 
What's well, there the is actual happen- evidence of it, but the point is it's There's not no the evidence. There's no evidence. So you're engaged in a conspiracy I'm glad theory. you agree with me, Mr. Schellenberger, that transparency is the most important thing. And my last question for you is do you think it would be transparent if Hunter Biden came to this Congress and testified in a public hearing and more transparent than if he testified privately? It's, I mean, literally, I've never thought about that. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Literally, never thought about is that. Public testimony more I mean, transparent than private testimony? Are you familiar with the First Mr. Amendment? Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Congress shall take no action to abridge freedom of speech. Yeah. And that's what you just described. Mr. That's exactly it. Uh, Dan Goldman is such a clown. Uh, I absolutely. Love the work that Michael Schellenberger is doing as well. Uh, And all of these revelations about the actions taken by our government to restrict our freedom of speech, the actions that Congress have taken to restrict our freedom of speech. How many years have you been called a conspiracy theorist with derision, with scorn, with ridicule? Probably many years. I would start talking about things to people. And immediately, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst because conspiracies happen every day. And powerful men like Dan Goldman are engaging in them at every hour of every day. Maybe him not doing it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but people just like him. Congressmen who are owned, congressmen who are blackmailed by the intelligence community, who are paid by lobbyists, who are paid by corporations. These people are the real conspiracy theorists. They're the ones who are still trying to make America believe that Rudy Giuliani manipulated the Hunter Biden laptop. Guess what, Dan? It's already been authenticated. That was my best Joe Biden impersonation. Lean into the mic and whisper. It's already been authenticated. Okay, and more information, more evidence is coming out every single day about the crimes of the Biden clan, the crimes of Joe Biden, the crimes of the current regime. Dan Goldman, before too long, you are going to be the only person left in America who will believe in any respect that what we've talked about is anything but 100 percent true. And I, I honestly believe that, you know. Okay, I don't think you're a stupid man. I just think you're foolish. So also this one, a new revelation coming out from Jim Jordan. Uh, He's calling it the YouTube files. I can attest to this story personally because it happened to me while I was still on YouTube. But we have evidence showing that the White House pressured YouTube to crack down on vaccine misinformation. I was getting hit for COVID misinformation before the vaccines were even available. So obviously the White House in this instance is the Joe Biden White House, and they put external pressure directly onto YouTube to suppress COVID-19 vaccine information, the facts about the vax, the true facts about the vax. This is coming from Jim Jordan and documents that have been obtained by the House Judiciary Committee. Joe Biden's former director of national strategy, Robert Flaherty, told YouTube that he wanted to coordinate on what the popular video platform was doing to clamp down on vaccine related content. Uh, The Biden admin also used its influence on Facebook, as we've seen, to censor similar content. Uh, This is, uh, again, coming from previous information released by the Judiciary Committee. 
emails uh, directly associating government officials, paid government officials, telling social media platforms what to allow on their platforms. That right there is a violation of your civil rights. So in addition to that, uh, Jim Jordan has also subpoenaed that gentleman that I just mentioned. And hold on just a second. Where Here it is. Uh, he has subpoenaed uh, the former White House digital strategist, Robert Flaherty, uh, and the former pandemic response advisor, Andrew Slavitt, because both of them were directly putting pressure on social media companies to stop people like us from warning the American public about the dangers of a genetic modification shot in mRNA vaccines. And even if they weren't mRNA, the dangers inherent in what were being called vaccines, not only because they were a vaccine, because it was a shot, but because the stuff that they put in it was dangerous, because the effects on the human body were irreversible, terrible, awful. They have created a generation of disabled individuals, people who are now forever going to be reliant on their family, reliant on the government, unfortunately. And that's if they don't die, if they don't drop dead at a young age, as so many people have. So this subpoena issued to Andrew Slavitt, the former senior advisor on the pandemic response, and then Robert Flaherty, the former White House digital strategist, he's actually still serving in a role for Joe Biden. He is Joe Biden's deputy campaign manager. That's a job I bet a lot of people lined up for. Oh, and I say that totally sarcastically, obviously. But um, so Flaherty is actually a subject in the Missouri versus Biden censorship lawsuit, which is currently ongoing. Of course, the Gateway Pundit is a plaintiff in that lawsuit. Back in March, Gateway Pundit reported that Flaherty was demanding information from Facebook on whether misinformation was being removed and whether there was misinformation that hadn't been considered by Facebook's removal policies. He wanted to know everything that was being allowed on the platform and also everything that they were intercepting before it could go out there. So Flaherty so far has dodged cooperation with the committee looking into this. He told the committee that they should direct any request to the White House in the first instance. Now, the invitation to come in and testify has now become a subpoena. So under penalty of law, Mr. Flaherty is going to have to come in and he's going to have to tell the committee and the American people what role he had in shutting down good, reliable information, true science, true medical information about what would happen if people were to take those jabs. It's quite obvious that the reason they could not allow conversations surrounding the true nature of these shots is because they had to get it out into the public and they had to snowball people, make them believe that they were safe and effective and that they needed to take them for the good of the nation. Well, the only thing it was good for was for Pfizer and thank God for Ken Paxton. Because Ken Paxton has just filed a lawsuit against Pfizer for their misrepresentation of the safety and effectiveness of the COVID vaccine and, of course, their help in censoring information trying to warn people. So he's initiated this legal action against Pfizer citing their allegations of deceptive practices 
related to their COVID-19 clot shot. It says in the lawsuit that Pfizer engaged in misrepresenting the vaccine's efficacy. That's particularly challenging the claim of 95% effectiveness. We know that that number was just pulled out of somebody's ass. And they are accusing the company of trying to stifle public debate on the matter. I wonder how much money Pfizer spent just on their own without the help of the federal government on trying to shut down people like you guys. Hmm. Yes, Ice Wendigo, we talked about that yesterday. 973% increase of heart failure in vaccinated military pilots. Nearly a thousand percent. Just absolutely insane. Uh, so Ken Paxton accuses Pfizer of violating the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act through their false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices. I sincerely hope that uh, on a state by state basis, uh, conservative attorney generals, patriotic, uh, conser- patriotic attorney generals that that they take a page from Ken Paxton's book and they go after these companies for the lies they told the American people, because it's not just about the lies. It's about the lives that have been lost and the lives that will be lost in the future. We have no idea how many people have died as a result of these jabs. We have no idea how many babies were miscarried as a result of these jabs. We have no idea how many children will never grow up as a result of these jabs. But I can tell you, the damage, the number of lives lost, doesn't matter. It's incalculable because one life lost, when companies like this lie, it's too much. It was never, never going to be okay. Yes, AGs that are for America. When I say patriots, that's definitely what I mean. Uh, So the lawsuit highlights the claim of 95% effectiveness. We know that that was never true. Uh, You can go back and look at Pfizer's own documentation regarding the studies they were doing. Take a look. Remember Brooke Jackson? She was on the show before. She was running one of these studies and she knew right away, you know, hey, they're manipulating the data. They stated that uh, this was based on relative risk reduction in their initial short-term clinical studies. So the argument is that this figure is a misleading statistic, which it is. It should not have been used to unduly influence consumer choice. But they knew that if they didn't lie, nobody was going to take it. If they told people, you know, hey, guess what? These are all of the risks associated with it and – You're still going to get COVID and you're going to get sicker and your immune system is going to stop working. Nobody in their right mind would have taken it. And of course, the FDA has indicated that long-term vaccine protection could not accurately be predicted at the time that Pfizer made their claims because it was so new. They had no time to do long-term studies. They could not have known that 95% was a legit number. Again, they made it up. Kelly Pete said, uh, you need to watch Dan Bongino's opener this AM. He wore black and red face paint. It was awesome. Yes, I heard that. Uh, I thought that it was hilarious as well. I, I saw it right before I came on the show. So they are also claiming, Ken Paxton, that Pfizer misrepresented the durability of the vaccine's pre- protection on the human body and also failed to disclose information that contradicted the claims they were making to the American people. Additionally, it's also claimed that Pfizer did not measure whether the vaccine prevents transmission 
But they still told the American public that it did anyways, that it was necessary to take it so that you would protect others. Remember, you're going to kill grandma if you don't take the clot shot. So as the vaccine's efficacy came under scrutiny, Pfizer is accused of taking very aggressive measures to suppress the critics and silence the truth tellers. The company labeled them as criminals spreading misinformation. And of course, the federal government under Joe Biden went right along with it. They were happy to help. So Paxton is pursuing justice for the people of Texas. I think by default, he will also be pursuing justice for the rest of America as well. Uh, This is a lawsuit that could do some significant damage to Pfizer. Uh, And as far as I'm concerned, Pfizer needs to be put out of business. And for anybody out there who is worried uh, about Pfizer going out of business and some medicine that is life-saving no longer being available – That is simply not a realistic outcome for what I'm discussing. If Pfizer is sent into bankruptcy, uh, if they are forced to close their doors because of the lies they told the American people, another pharmaceutical company is going to scoop up all of their intellectual property at pennies on the dollar. And to be honest with you, it could potentially make Pfizer's life-saving medications that they actually do make even cheaper for the American people. And once Pfizer is gone, uh, once they are no longer free to lie to the American people, uh, then I think that the world will be a safer place. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, I hope that we see something similar to these censorship lawsuits where other states maybe will join in and start doing the exact same thing. All right. So. We've spoken about this briefly recently, this mystery pneumonia that's popping up in China. Well, guess what, guys? It appears it's now here in America. They're calling it white lung syndrome. And wouldn't you know it, uh, it's popping up primarily in children in schools. And the number one state that was affected was my former stomping grounds, Ohio, Lisa's former stomping grounds. Massachusetts is also one such state that's been hit hard. But it is uh, being reported by the Daily Mail that an extremely high number of children in Ohio are being dosed with this new strain of pneumonia. Uh, And it's the same type of outbreak as what they're seeing in China. I would like to know, is there a Chinese biological laboratory operating in maybe Massachusetts or in Ohio? That seems like a question, a federal government agency that is dedicated to the investigation of national security issues and crimes against the people of this country might want to ask a question about, or they might want to investigate. Western Massachusetts physicians are also seeing a large number of this light white lung syndrome. So what is happening? Well, uh, it's it's unusual. It's very likely that this could be a manufactured crisis again. In fact, I tend to believe that it is. But it's a pneumonia-like sickness that's spreading rapidly through schools, both in China and here in the United States, leading to a surge in hospitalizations. It's unusual because it doesn't have the typical pneumonia-like symptoms. There's no uh, respiratory symptoms or coughing other than their lungs just filling up with fluid. So, Doctors are a little bit baffled by it. Now, Penny had said that the pneumonia that was spreading in China is a bacterial pneumonia that is easily treatable with amoxicillin. 
They don't make any mention of that here. And I wonder just how many doctors in these hospitals might be bought off with Chinese Communist Party money. Uh, is it uh, another situation like we had back in uh, in President Trump's uh, the, the tail end of his term in office? Are, are they going to forget everything they ever learned about how to keep people safe, how to keep people healthy? Hopefully the people with the children who are getting sick, they have access to good quality medication and they're doing their own research on this stuff because I'm at the point where if I was sick, the last place I would want to be would be in a hospital. Last thing I want to do is put my life into the hands of a medical doctor who just presided over a uh, a genocide in America and across the world. So I bring you this story so that if you are a parent and your child is sick with something like this, you know, you can get yourself some amoxicillin and you know just get on it immediately. All right. So I mentioned the other day. That the impeachment of Joe Biden would not proceed until they had proof positive, legally binding documentation of crimes that had been committed. Well, sure enough, Mike Johnson did a little presser yesterday uh, and he let the American people know that we are getting closer. And he brought up several of several of the things that. I've told you about here on this program before. So let's take a listen to Speaker Johnson. From 2014 to 2019, Biden family members and their affiliate companies received over $15 million from foreign companies and foreign nationals. These are all facts. Facts are stubborn things. That included Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, Romania, and China. Biden business associates received an additional $9 million. The, the, the chairman here have uncovered a lot of facts. President Biden has, of course, lied at least 16 times about his involvement in his family's business schemes. There are at least 22 examples of Joe Biden speaking with or meeting with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. The Oversight Committee recently released two checks. You see the graphics up here today. Uh, these checks are to Joe Biden. One is for $40,000 from China, and another is for $200,000 from a now bankrupt healthcare company that his brother James Biden apparently swindled. Listen, this uh, this uh, this investigation has to continue. So <clears throat> what I have said since the very beginning on this thing is, is that we are watching a calculated rollout of information to discredit and incriminate Joe Biden. The American people, unfortunately, have a very short attention span. And that's not because people are stupid. It's because we've got so much information coming at us every single day. You are bombarded with videos and uh, advertisements and uh, short form content like it is constantly going in one ear and out the other. And that's done on purpose because they want you to forget about things like the crimes of Joe Biden and his uh, criminal mafia organization. But as the information comes out and it gets closer and closer to 2024 it's better and better for the american people because it keeps it fresh in their mind it's like a drip 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 until suddenly it becomes a flood and we've already seen the effects of this taking place in popular culture in the mainstream media with chris cuomo fredo and uh, in a whole other place a whole bunch of other places as well the dripping will continue until it's time to turn the spigot on 
full blast. And then once that happens, it's going to take place at the perfect time. So stay patient. Continue to help educate the people in your life. And uh, remember that this is happening as perfectly as it possibly can. So I was reading this story before I came on the air today and I had a good chuckle about it because, you know, I we, we've been talking a lot recently about who could possibly replace Joe Biden. And the truth is there is really no good answer. I personally, I want Joe Biden to be the nominee. Please, God, please, please, DNC, make Joe Biden the nominee. As long as this man is still walking the earth, I want him shuffling on stage and debating Donald Trump once again because Donald Trump is going to destroy him. He is going to tear him a new one. He's going to elucidate all of the crimes and misdemeanors that Joe Biden has committed during his time in public life, and it's going to be glorious. And Joe Biden is going to crumble. He's going to fall apart on stage. He's not going to be able to handle himself. It's going to be amazing. Okay. And in the same way that Joe Biden's presence is enough to make Fredo Cuomo vote for Donald Trump, there's a lot of other people out there who will also vote for Donald Trump just because they cannot vote for Joe Biden. Not because they you know, have a problem with him personally, but because their life is so screwed up as a result of him being in the White House. So a poll was done nationally with voters across the board, and uh, it was in regards to the state of the nation because of Joe Biden. Apparently, the Democrats have no plans. Apparently, their only plan is to run Joe Biden again. Uh, I would imagine that that's not entirely true. There's got to be people making, you know, plan B's in the background. But at, at the at the top level echelon, it seems like these people uh, have completely screwed the pooch. They have no idea what to do. And this poll was done uh, asking a series of voters what the uh, what their top three descriptions. Well, OK, they were asking what the number one description of Joe Biden was. And these are the top three. The number one description by a panel of voters about Joe Biden, 58 percent of them said that he's old. And then the second highest description of Joe Biden, 37 percent said he's weak. And then the third Highest, most popular description of Joe Biden with 27 percent is tired. This is a poll that was done by Reuters uh, speaking to American voters. And the number one description of Joe Biden is old. Second is weak. Third is tired. Old, weak and tired. That is not what you want to see in your presidential candidate. And we are so close to the advent of primary season. If we get to primary season and the Democrats haven't thrown in plan B, oh my God, it's going to be a touchdown. I cannot wait to see what happens. Anyways, I just thought that that was hilarious, old, weak, and tired because it absolutely, absolutely describes Joe Biden to a T. And that's exactly what you would expect from uh, a man in public office who is caught on a hot mic saying this. Um, 
Freight Awakening says, I still have a nagging feeling that Mohap will be the nominee. Roger Stone made some good points when he predicted it. I think it's entirely on the table still. Um, But I would expect them to be putting her out there or him out there, whatever you want to say, Michelle, to be putting Michelle out there more than they have. They've been pumping Gavin Newsom more than anything else. So I feel like it's more likely at this point that Gavin Newsom would be the nominee uh, if they get rid of Joe Biden. But, you know, Gavin Newsom is just about as good of a, a nominee as Joe Biden is because look at the state of California. Mm. Michelle Obama seems like she's uh, you know, and honestly, maybe it was the death of Tafari Campbell. Maybe it was the death of Chef Tafari Campbell that pushed Michelle Obama back into the shadows. Could be. But Joe Biden's caught on a hot mic in Pueblo, Colorado. I mean, when he was on stage, he he called I think he called President Trump a congressman. He he didn't know Xi Jinping's name, said he was from the Himalayas, uh, and he was caught on a hot mic saying, look, my Marine has a code to blow up the world. Like that is not what you want to see in your president. Take a listen to this. Hey, Nick. This is uh, Nick oh, Reality. Now, look, my, my Marine carries that in. Has a code to blow up the world. That doesn't. This is not nuclear weapons, is it? All right, okay. He's against the camera. It's our train up. Is Nick? Why would you joke about something like that? You know, it just goes to show you how senile Joe Biden is. Here he is that same day. Here in Colorado, the wind turbine manufacturing vistas. Is, is investing $40 million to expand its fa- factory and hire an additional 1,000 employees. Solar manufacturer Ber- Meyer Berger is building a new solar cell factory just down the road in Colorado Springs. Here in Colorado, the wind turbine manufacturing Vistas is... In- He's absolutely not in control of his faculties. He is not behind the wheel of anything other than his rascal. And he's getting worse by the day. If Joe Biden lives to see November 2024, he's going to be a shell of his former self. I, for one, am enjoying the show, and I look forward to seeing how much more Joe Biden deteriorates. And again, I cannot wait to see him on stage with Donald Trump again because Donald Trump is not going to go easy on that man. He's going to he's going to take him to task. He's going to tell him exactly what's going on. And Joe Biden will not be able to control himself. Can you imagine Joe Biden losing his shit on stage? Like what if he goes like running at Donald Trump and like trips and falls on a sandbag again, like breaks his nose on stage? Boom, blood everywhere. Or he shows up again with another big bloody eye. I mean the, the the possibilities are quite endless at this point. So looking forward to it. So we learned a little bit more about the Biden crime family from the GOP Oversight Committee. Uh, turns out that a money laundering investigator attempted to sound the alarm on Hunter Biden's erratic payments from China back in 2018 during the Trump administration. They released a 2018 email 
from this investigator, uh, specifically pointing out that Hunter Biden was getting all of this money coming in from China. Certainly, when you have the son of a likely presidential candidate, former vice president of the United States, receiving large lump sum payments from Chinese Communist Party affiliated individuals and companies, well, that's normally the kind of thing that would draw a lot of attention. But this money laundering investigator back in 2018 said, hey, there are no obvious services that are being rendered related to the millions of dollars that are being funneled into these investment vehicles that Hunter Biden owns. Since the initial funding of $5 million from Northern International Capital Holdings Limited on 8817 as a business loan, it was noted that there was no loan agreement that was ever documented or signed. These payments were indicated as management fees and reimbursements. So we find it just a little bit unusual that approximately 58% of these funds were transferred to the law firm in a few months, and the frequency of payments appears erratic. It was also previously indicated that Hudson West 3 LLC does not currently have any investment projects, which raises further concerns as millions in fees are being paid, but does not appear to have any services rendered by Owasco PC. Furthermore, there has been negative news regarding the beneficial owner of Owasco PC, Robert Hunter Biden, son of former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, regarding allegations by his ex-wife that there were financial concerns about his extravagant spending on his own interests, drugs, strip clubs, prostitutes, which may put his family in a deep financial hole. This is the exact type of person you want If you are looking to control a presidential candidate, to control a congressman, to control a vice president, you want somebody that you can get hooked on crack cocaine, prostitutes, and human trafficking victims so that they will come to you and do whatever it is that you want. This is exactly what you do not want in government. So the fact that this person attempted – to raise alarm bells and nobody listened just goes to show you once more rules for thee, but not for me. Here we can take a look at the money trail coming from China. This was released by our good friend James Comer. You've got this Chinese company right here affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. You got $5 million wire coming through on August 8th, 2017. And then you've got this joint venture, the Biden-China joint venture. They receive that $5 million and then $400,000 goes out by wire on the exact same day. So the money is connected to Hunter Biden's business entity. And then you got another $150,000 on the 14th of August, leaving that business entity and going to Hunter's uncle. Hunter's uncle and his wife take out a $50,000 cash withdrawal. And then what do they do with it? Well, they immediately write a check to his brother, Joseph Robinette Biden, on September 3rd, 2017, for $40,000. This is proof positive that Joe Biden was in on the scam, the grift of Chinese money coming from our number one global adversary. For what reason? Would China be paying Hunter, Joe, and Jim if there are no services? 
Well, again, we know the answer already. The service was the Biden name. The service was access. The service was U.S. foreign policy based upon the amount of money that Joe Biden and his family were being paid by these Chinese Communist Party entities. All right. We owe Bill Cooper says uh, drugs, strip clubs, prostitutes are all expensive, Zach. Players got to play. No, believe me, I am aware of the expensive needs of an addict like Hunter Biden. Uh, Yeah, the man was obsessed. Uh, Let me say thank you very much. To Rise Attire, he says, we memed the Princess Bride quote that Elon quoted. Uh, I will pull that up here in just a second. Let me just grab that from the foxhole chat. Space Coast Patriot says, I think Jack Smith is trying to scare Trump supporters off X as well as get info. I think you're probably right. And Jack Smith can go, uh, I don't know, he can take a a long walk off a short pier because I don't care. I'm not getting off uh, X. And it doesn't matter. All of my connections to President Trump, the retweets and the comments and the likes, it's already there. So Jack Smith can't do anything to hurt us. What's he going to what's he going to prosecute us for? For reposting the president? For commenting on the president's public Twitter account? Please. They already know every single one of our names, guys. So do not allow him to uh, intimidate you in any way. Not saying that he would, but a a general message. Do not be intimidated by Jack Smith. Uh, Let's see. Paulie, 9363. Thank you for the ship, dude. Appreciate you. Remy, Ace of Spades, says we will beat this deep state. Trump 2024, 100%, brother. Liberty Bell says, thank you. God bless you. Red Pill 78. Zach, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, Space Coast says, oh, my God, it's racist lung syndrome. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, how racist? White lung? Why is it got to be white? Because they already had black lung. Yeah, that's the coal miners. Uh, let's see. And Elizabeth G., thank you for the cookie. I appreciate you. All right. So here, let's take a look at the meme sent over by my friends at uh, – you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates you. What the heck? Like, when you do something like that, do you Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay. But why share it? Why share it? Especially, be, I mean, why share it widely? I mean, uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I you want You absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a, there, it puts you in, a, in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I love how long it takes him to say anything. You know, I'm reminded of the scene in The Princess Bride. He confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, offer me money. Offer me power. I don't care. See, so you just don't care. Also, what I want to say, and if 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 uh, the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. Boom. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. So I've said on many occasions, Elon Musk has got that fu money. And he just demonstrated it pretty effectively in the last 24 hours. Good stuff. 
Thank you for posting that, man. I'm going to be saving that one for sure. All right. So before we go, we've got a couple of updates on President Trump's situation. Uh, Letitia James is not happy after the testimony of that Deutsche Bank employee who essentially exonerated President Trump with his personal testimony because he worked with President Trump on those loans. And Deutsche Bank never lost any money. Uh, Deutsche Bank said, hey, you know, what happened with President Trump was totally normal. We do this all the time. We've done it with other people. So she is commenting on this testimony because it doesn't look good. You know, I mean, obviously, the only people here that are deciding anything are Letitia James and Arthur and Gorin. Arthur and Gorin is a rabid Trump hater, so I don't think it's going to sway him in the slightest. But Letitia James's office actually responded to this testimony uh, because it looks to me and it looks like to a lot of people, certainly in the mainstream media uh, and everybody out here who's been paying attention, that this testimony torpedoes the key claims in the case against President Trump. So she said a Deutsche Bank AG executive gave testimony. I'm sorry. This is coming from Bloomberg, I, rather, uh, that gave testimony that could bolster Donald Trump's defense in a civil fraud trial, telling a New York judge that prospective clients can get loans even after reporting a net worth far higher than the lender's own calculations. And it was David Williams who gave the testimony, saying it's a difference of opinion. It happens all the time. So uh, our Letitia James's office said, I think the idea that you can't lie to a bank is pretty well established. That's it. Uh, the mere fact that lenders were happy doesn't mean that the statute wasn't violated. Uh, obviously, they are grasping at straws. I think all of this is going to get turned over in the appeals process. Uh, and in the meantime, the appeals court has reinstated the gag order against President Trump. And just look at the difference between these two men. President Trump, strong, stoic, resolute. Arthur and Gorin looks like he gets pegged. So the appeals court has reinstated this gag order against President Trump. Uh, and that means that he can has to go back to not talking about the people in the case. Uh, now, of course, President Trump is not going to be happy about this. This is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, a violation of his right to free speech. How is he supposed to defend himself in public uh, against these claims that are being made by the people involved in this case if he's unable to testify about it? Or excuse me, if he's unable to uh, speak to the public about it? Obviously, that's the goal. They don't want him to defend himself because they want to defame him in the most thorough way possible. At the end of the day, it's not going to work. It makes him more lovable in the eyes of Americans. Now, D.C. Judge Beryl Howell, uh, she is involved in the persecution of President Trump. She's overseeing uh, a number, a case specifically against him. Uh, and this Trump-hating Trump derangement syndrome sufferer just gave a public speech talking about how much she dislikes President Trump. This was on Tuesday night. She suggested that the country is creeping towards authoritarianism. Now, Beryl, we're already there. It's not Donald Trump that is the authoritarian. Again, this is another instance of projection. The current regime is an authoritarian regime. Why are they authoritarian? Because they have their fingers in every single pie that they possibly can. They want to control your speech. They want to control your family. They want to control who you love. They want to make you love people you don't love. They want to destroy 
what this republic is based on and what it was founded to do. They are the definition of authoritarians. They are using the power of the judiciary, of the federal government in every capacity to go after people based upon their political ideals, their ideology, their religion, their faith. It doesn't matter. They are using the power and the money that they have to destroy people because they don't agree with them and because they're dangerous to their continued stranglehold on control in Washington, D.C. So she thinks that by bringing President Trump back, of course, we're going to become an authoritarian regime. Now, you're just going to get what's coming to you, Beryl. Uh, Now, Beryl Howell warned the audience that the country is creeping towards authoritarianism because Donald Trump and his big lie about the election being stolen in 2020. It's not a lie. The lie is that that was a safe and secure election, just like the lie was that the vaccine was safe and effective. So if it wasn't for Beryl Smith and her hatred of President Trump, Jack Smith wouldn't be where he is today with all of his efforts to take down the president. So. Beryl Howell, she was appointed by President Obama in 2010. Uh, She is the chief judge for the D.C. Circuit Court from March 16th, March 2016 to March of 2023. She supervised D.C. federal grand juries for Robert Mueller and his special counsel probe, and she is the one who spearheaded the DOJ's January 6th response. It goes without saying that because she lives in Washington, D.C., she hates Donald Trump. They all do. They hate what Trump represents. He represents the return of power to the people of the United States of America, because right now it's in the hands of a crooked bureaucratic class that is by its very nature and deeds authoritarian. So finally, we now come to the point where Clay Higgins dropped the information about the 200 plus FBI agents that were embedded in the January 6th crowd. And it goes beyond that. Apparently, they were sowing talk of violence in group chats before January 6th. This was a long con, apparently, guys. Clay Higgins appeared on a Newsmax uh, with Chris Saucedo uh, to discuss the operation that the government perpetrated on January 6th to destroy President Trump's chances of having anyone take a fair look at the results of the election. And let's go ahead and jump to the clip. Joining me now, Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins. Congressman, Merry Christmas. Glad to see you. You recently grilled FBI Director Christopher Wray regarding the FBI's role on January 6th. Let's play a clip of that for the folks at home. A year later, we the people still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within to the crowd on January 6th. If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying no? No. Hmm. In my opinion, it appears the FBI congressman, as it targets one political party, targets whole religions, has turned into a quasi-secret police force targeting Americans rather than defending us. How do you see it? 
I mean, talk about authoritarian. There is nothing more authoritarian than the Stasi. And that's exactly what Joe Biden has going on right now. Yeah, very similar from my perspective, sir. The, the FBI was was not only involved in the act, actions on January 6th from within. They had, uh, I suspect, uh, over 200 agents embedded within the crowd, including agents, or as they would call human assets, uh, inside the Capitol, dressed as Trump supporters, before the doors were opened. Um, beyond that, the FBI had embedded themselves and infiltrated uh, online chat groups and, and websites and social media accounts across the country with any group that was discussing uh, objections to COVID oppression. And the FBI, you know, effectively infiltrated those groups. And when you track the, the text threads and the communications within those groups, and find the origins of suggestions of potential violence or or an active occupation of the Capitol on January 6th, you'll, you'll find that those those messages were led by members of the groups that ended up to be the FBI agents that had infiltrated the group. So the FBI's involvement was deep, not just on J6, but on the days and weeks and months prior. So this revelation coming from Clay Higgins should be of no surprise to anyone when you I've documented this very, very extensively on the channel. Just take a look as a for instance at the fake plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The whole thing was led by FBI agents. The entire idea was planted in this group of people by FBI agents. They bought these guys drugs. They bought them alcohol. They even set them up to sleep with FBI agent females. That's how badly they were willing to do, to get to get these guys to be arrested and convicted. Now, also take a look at every single terrorism bust that's happened in the last 20 years. It was the FBI who infiltrated some group of, you know, perhaps less than intelligent individuals, gave them the idea about doing an act of terror and then set them up with the materials to do it. Sometimes they're even trying to entrap people with mental disabilities, people who have no real concept of what it is they're doing. They just want a friend and they've got somebody who's coming to them and wants to hang out with them and they say some stupid stuff. This, this, this is why over the years, I have always told you do not post in the chat about committing acts of violence because that's what feds do. That's what happened on January 6th. That's what happened every single time the FBI has had a big bust. They're the ones who committed the acts of violence. They're the ones who suggested the acts of violence. And they're the ones who perpetrated the violence in D.C. on January 6th. And of course, the, the video that's just recently been released also showing the Capitol Police welcoming in uh, people into the Capitol, uh, not trying to keep them out as we were led to believe initially, undermining this whole insurrection narrative. Congressman, we're also now learning through new court documents. Special Inquisitor Jack Smith demanded a list of Twitter users that liked or retweeted social media posts from President Trump. Oh, but, but Trump is the authoritarian? Trump is the authoritarian. Give me a break. 
You want a list of everyone's interactions with Trump? You want a list of your communications? Your communications are already in the hands of these secret police officers. They already know everything we say. Okay, they have total information awareness. They know everything already. They know enough to know that you've done nothing wrong, that at worst, you've tried to spread information. It's not that it's fake. It's not that it's mis or disinformation. It's that it simply flies in the face of the narrative they want to spread. And if they can use the power and the money that they have in their purse to come after you and destroy your life, then my God, better believe it, they will do it. Congressman, as the Democrats have largely abandoned the Constitution and with the corruption that we've all witnessed at FBI and DOJ, it doesn't take much imagination to see socialists in the Democrat Party using a list like that for government threats, government intimidation, and government coercion. Can Republicans in good conscience continue to fund a DOJ and its operatives in light of their partisan and what I see as anti-American actions? They shouldn't. Conservative Republicans certainly stand against funding uh, a DOJ and FBI that is clearly weaponized against American people. Uh, we, we're taking a hard look at rebuilding the whole thing. So, yes, let me say regarding Jack Smith and his request for another list of American citizens under some alleged uh, legitimate investigative effort. Uh, I'm I consider it a badge of honor to be on another one of Jack Smith's list. So I just say that his, his days are numbered and American patriots are not going to stand idly by good sir. Uh, and, and allow our, our republic to dissolve. We, we are prepared to fight legally and peacefully and within the parameters of the Constitution uh, with every, every ounce of our might and, and focus. Um, the, the leftists will not take our country from us. We, we are standing strong, and I thank you for being a voice of truth and freedom. I got to say, I just, I love... Clay Higgins. I, I like what he's doing. I like what he said there. We have to defund the DOJ and the FBI. Once President Trump comes back into office, I believe that all of this will be sorted out. And I hope that in the meantime, the Republican Congress can refuse to fund these organizations that exist for one thing and one thing only, and that is to oppress you. They're not here to keep us safe. They're not here to investigate crime. They're here to destroy America. And that's exactly what they've been doing. That's the only work that they've been engaged in for probably the entirety of my lifetime, maybe longer. All right. Need to say thank you to Elizabeth G who dropped a cookie. Thank you very much. And Space Coast Patriot again. Oh, my God. It's a racist lung syndrome. Uh, okay. Yes. Thank you very, very much, you guys. Uh, I don't think that there was anything else over on Ko-Fi. Penny, I see Penny out in the chat. I hope your surgery went well. And um, that is it. Okay. All right, you guys. I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for watching the show. If you've shared it, really, really appreciate it. If you've liked it and you haven't yet, please consider doing so. It lets everybody else know that uh, this is a good program. If you could also comment below the video because your chats are not going to be there for future viewers that come and watch the archive. Uh, and 
If you are interested in seeing a couple of the programs I did with uh, Jason uh, um, Burmis on AMP News, I'm going to be releasing a couple of those later today. These are what I the interviews that we did for the last two weeks. We talked about some of that uh, white lung syndrome. We talked about uh, the uh, agenda in the modern world to uh, propagandize to your children and a whole host of other subjects. So keep your eyes out. Those will be coming out. I will share them on Twitter and, uh, and, and Truth and Telegram and all of that. Until next time, guys, I'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern with my Friday night live stream. And good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.